for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Barbar. On this episode, we have no voice of reason because we're doing this episode via Zoom. That's the way of the world now these days. Sometimes we're going to be doing these in between the live versions of the podcast. The good thing about that is that I get to get amazing guests that I otherwise couldn't get because they are not located in Chicago. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe, review, follow us, tell your friends. Go to my website, Paul F. Comedy, for my upcoming dates in Scottsdale, Florida, and back in Chicago for Everyone's a Lawyer, uh, the game show I created at the World Famous Laugh Factory in Chicago. Uh, if you haven't already, also give us a review. It really, really helps a lot. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening all these times. If you're listening, you can go on YouTube and watch this on my website, youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. And if you're watching, uh, thank you so much. Um, Check out our sponsors as always, but let's just get into it. People say my intro is too long. I've got a special guest, uh, a real expert on on, on, on on dating and relationships this time, not just some idiots like me. Um, she's an expert in healing after toxic relationships. She's a spiritual coach. She's got 80 different, 80 different titles, but that's all I'm going to say right now before we bring her in. Uh, please welcome Danielle Ingenito. There you are. Hey, Paul, how are you? Hey, Danielle, thanks for doing the show. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, keep your, keep your expectations low and you'll, you'll be fine. So this show is, uh, is basically a lighthearted look at relationships usually, but sometimes we have people who are real experts. Uh, I like to call myself a dating coach, even though I've never had a successful relationship for more than two years. You not only have had relationships that you learn for, you teach people about relationships. I do. I teach people to stay out of toxic relationships and to kind of find their soulmates as well. Yeah. And uh, that's something that you hear a lot in the dating world and, and some of the stuff you mentioned in your uh, bio as well about toxicity and uh, narcissism and all these things. Uh, you obviously have experienced this in your own life. Yes, I have many times, actually many, many relationships. <laughs> yes, especially the last one was my well, actually it wasn't the last one, but my big one was my marriage of nine years. And then right after that, I got involved with another toxic person. So yes, I have experienced this a lot. So when you get involved in a relationship like this, is it toxic from the beginning or does it become toxic because of the parties involved or both? I think it's both actually. Um, in, a, in the beginning of a toxic relationship, it doesn't seem toxic. It seems like it's your soulmate. It seems like everything is going good. This is the person that you waited for, you know? And then I think some relationships that, you know, don't involve like narcissistic, which are people that are all about themselves and have no empathy for anybody else, where, you know, I think sometimes the relationship just fades out and then like they just stay together and that creates toxicity as well. So it's not that either person is a bad person, but just staying together because they don't want to leave creates the toxicity. So yeah, it's both. So for you personally, though, you've been in relationships, you have been married. Do you think that you will get, do you want to get married again? 
<laughs> I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I can't answer that. Um, I don't want to marry the wrong person, that's for sure. Okay. So, you know, if I find the one and I feel like it is the one and like I can live a long life, but I also feel like marriage is kind of something that we've been like uh, brought up to believe in. And I really don't. Think yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, right. good. <laughs> I'm like, because I, I teach, you know, I teach about uh, beliefs and everything and subconscious beliefs. And I'm like, we were brought up to believe that we're supposed to find our one person and be with that person forever. And I'm like, who the hell came up with this idea? Because we change, people change. And if we're together for 20, 30 years, if you're not changing together, you're going to form that toxicity and now you're in a relationship where it's like oh we can't leave this marriage because we had our vows and you know we're going to be looked as failures and it's i'm not good enough whatever all those things come up and it's like all bs i think it's like so i don't know yeah i i we often the 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 thesis of this podcast if there is one is that marriage is an outdated institution that needs to be updated and one one of the strategies i have was to create a seven-year contract that's renewable where you know the parties at seven years can walk away or it's a contract year, you're gonna work your ass off to keep it successful. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off marriage and keeps it valid. Um, so yeah, I think you and I, you need to, people listening that have questioned me, here we have a, an expert saying exactly what I said. So fuck all you guys who disagree with me, pardon me. But oh, I, yeah. But yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things that you touch upon and, and in relationships too is uh, monogamy, right? Because that's something that people have different, strong different views on. And, uh, and lately it's become more acceptable to be in open relationships and uh, have this, not necessarily polyamory, but different views of what a relationship would be. Do you yeah. think that's going to help in the long run or do you think that's going to blow up um, the world it, depends, it depends on the parties involved in the in the relationship right so if if two people are really healed and they both have the same viewpoint on that and they don't get jealous and i think that could potentially work but if you're dealing with somebody that says they're open to it but they're not really truly open to it then it's going to cause a toxic relationship because the other person's going to be out doing their thing the other person's going to probably be stalking them and wondering and then it's also going to decrease their self esteem and their self-worth so i think that is uh yeah not it depends on the parties involved definitely but mm -hmm. i think each to like everyone has their own opinions and thoughts and they they're they should do what they feel like doing but they need to find the person that that's acceptable for you said the word healed if both parties are healed what do you mean by that yeah good question so i think that two people need to feel say each person so each person needs to feel love for themselves so they're not seeking that love outside of themselves so when, when i teach like my clients it's like i want you to love your life so much that like you don't even want somebody else but like you want someone to share your life with you you don't need somebody else and i think that two people that are healed don't need each other but they want each other because you they make our lives better together I feel like you are speaking, you should just take over this podcast. Like, <laughs> we're almost on 250 episodes. Just take this over. Are you, are you single yourself? Are you currently single? I am single. I've been single for the last four years. I've dated here and there, but nothing too serious. Yes. Yeah, so like you should just take over this podcast because you're, 
you're like obviously more uh more uh you have more of a background to to sell the concepts that i've been arguing for for years so I, and i do think that's important i think a lot of people and especially now i think in the pandemic what we've learned the same people that are like when are you gonna when are you gonna get married and when are you gonna find someone are i don't hear from them anymore because they were holed up with their families in in their houses for you know months and they're like oh my god i get it now like i do think that there's a big thing that i like being alone but i want to be with other people sometimes i don't need it for my self-worth and i think that's something that society doesn't really accept yeah i know like i i teach like my kids stay away from like all the disney movies and stuff i hope i can say that on here but like you know it all teaches us like you know the princess has to find their prince charming and like always have to be together with somebody and i don't think that's true i think we need to empower ourselves first and so therefore, like you just said, like we want to be around people when we want to be around people, but it's okay for us not to always be around people. Like I would be crazy if I went around people all of the time. It's just yeah. not for me anymore. Well, so when you go, when you meet people now, I'm sure it's gotta be pretty intimidating because uh, you're kind of an expert on the dating field. And it, well, I mean, you, you probably make your, how do you decide, let me, let, let's, let's take a step back. How do you date people? How do you meet people in the dating world? I don't, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my, ugh, unfortunately, a lot of it's online because I'm a single mom of two kids and I have my own business, which is social media based. So I'm in my house a lot. So when the pandemic hit, not a lot changed for me, except that my kids were home all the time. Right. So, you know, there's not really ways that I can meet a lot of people because if I'm out at the stores, I got my two kids, it's a little bit awkward, you know, like who the heck's gonna come up to me trying to like hit on me or anything when I got my two kids with me. So a lot of it's online. I don't like online dating, that's for sure. It's filled with a lot of toxic people. Okay. Um, but I have met some good people and they've kind of, you know, we started talking and they would go away. Then a couple of years later, they'll come back and like, we'll maybe see if something could work and then it doesn't. And then it's like, well, okay. But yeah, so unfortunately it's online right now. Well, um, well I don't think, okay, you brought up a lot of things. I think date, online dating can be, what I tell people, uh, when you're creating your, uh, if you want to have a successful online dating thing, and you tell me if you agree, is put all the accurate information about yourself out there as much as possible. The more you reveal, the more there's going to be less surprise and less wasted time. And people are like, well, I don't want my, I don't want my info out there. I want that. I always say, look, if people wanted to stalk you and, and uh, harm you, they can do that without signing up for a dating app. So I always tell people, put all your strong opinions on there, put your like least flattering pictures or just average pictures. So there's no surprises when people see you. And in fact, I always put just average pictures of myself because then when they see you in person, they're like, okay, this is actually a better first impression. Do you yeah. agree or disagree with any of my thoughts on, on putting everything out there and, and the risks of that? Okay, so I like that. Um, so basically when I started, you, you want to come at it from the point of, I like what you said about putting the stuff about you out there, because I know a lot of women anyway, we go on there, we're like, oh, what are they going to like to see? So we focus on the other person. So really stay, stay true to who you are. So I do love that. 
I do think the first picture needs to be a little bit of flattering just okay. to kind of hook them in, just like on social media, you got to have the hook, you know, the Inquirer has all those <laughs> things. So hook them in, but then definitely put some pictures. Do not put pictures from like years ago, like, oh, I hate that. Um, you know, don't put pictures, like don't put a hat on, especially for you guys, like don't wear hats in every picture because we're gonna, probably going to think, and it might not be true, but we're going to think that you're bald or whatever. So like, what are you hiding? So, you know, definitely put those pictures out there. Um, I was, I was, I'm in this Facebook group and they're like, guys, stop posting the pictures with the fish. We don't really care how big the fish is that you caught. Like, please stop. Right. We don't care. Um, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, like we get that you like to fish. That's cool. We don't need to see all the fish that you caught. But yeah, so I, I like that you put it all out there. And for when, when I was creating my profile, I was scared to put that I was spiritual because I thought people would judge me when I was first like coming out of my spiritual closet, I call it. So I thought that people would judge me. So I left up, I was a CPA before I went into this, this realm. Okay. So I would always leave that up because I'm like, oh, they'll think I'm professional. So again, I'm like based on what they want. But I love what you say because you have to be true to yourself because you are gonna call out the people that are going to like you rather than pretending you're going to call out people that you're not going to want to be with or not going to want to be with you once they find out. But if you put out the true stuff and the stuff that you're scared to put out, you're going to actually attract the right people to you. Right. And I, and I think that, and yeah, I do agree with you that having a hook picture, but I do also say uh, if you put out the information that you have strong opinions about, like I, I talked to somebody that was like, I don't want kids. I'm like, well, make sure you answer that question. I know on Hinge, you'd ask that. It says, I don't want any more kids or whatever, because she would always be running into guys who are like, I don't know if I want to have kids. Well, you know for sure, if that's accurate, you need to put that out there. And then to the same extent where you say guys have the, the fish pictures, on the women's side, women take, women take pictures of them skiing. And it's like, all you see is a person in goggles with all the clothes that they own on. Like, how is that going, to, unless you're like a professional skier, that's a wasted opportunity to show what you look like. And I agree with you that old outdated pictures are, I mean, I put one of like what my childhood as a joke to just make fun of myself, but also for you or I, we're public figures. If they Google your name, they're gonna see a thousand pictures. So we're at a disadvantage already. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if you find this, but like being a public figure, I think scares people off. Like I think you were saying about intimidating. Yeah, I think <laughs> people are like, are you gonna use this in like one of your jokes? I'm like, no, you're boring. Like why would, yeah. how is this a joke? This isn't even funny. Um, but yeah, I think that there is that to be said where putting everything out there. And like you said, you you were a former CPA and now you're, you're out of your spiritual closet. That's an important part of you. And some people will be intimidated by that. And if they judge you for that, then the relationship's gonna be fucked anyway. Yeah. So why, why waste your time in theirs? Like that's an important part of your life. And that's why I don't understand where people are like hiding the fact, or I, people are like hiding the fact that they have a kid. It's like, that's, that's your life. Like don't lie about that. Yeah, that's more about trying to, again, needing that love instead of wanting that love, right? Because it's, right. if you need that love, you're gonna hide parts of yourself just to get that attention and get that love. Yeah. So it's like, put that out there and not only will it attract the people, it will, it will um, repulse like the people that 
you that, don't want. And that's, that's, it's going to, I mean, online dating is like a full-time job. It's like so crazy, you know? So it's like, help yourself by like limiting the people that reach out to you. I mean, I wish I could even put like age limits on there. Like I get like 80 year old guys like reaching out to me. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like You have, there are age limits on, on certain apps and, and there's like an age range you could put. There's an age range that you could put, but not an age range that they can actually respond to you. Oh, you, well, you got to put like uh, on Hinge, I think you, you could put deal breaker. So it's like, don't even, oh. I think that's how it works, but I'm not sure. But on, yeah, I mean, obviously for women, you guys are going to be hit up by a bunch of people. Um, yeah. And that's just the way, that's just how it works sometimes for better or for worse. Um, you, you talk about narcissism a lot. Um, and I think that that word is thrown out. Uh, more often than necessary. And I know that for somebody like myself who is a public figure um, or does a lot of things that are, you know, I do stand-up comedy, which is the most selfish form. It's basically stage masturbation. But people often yell, say the word narcissism when sometimes it's just people that are self-aware, have, uh, have personally healed or have personal growth. And, and to me, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, the big thing that makes somebody a narcissist is a failure to have empathy. Yes, absolutely. And whenever I thought that I was narcissistic or I'd be like that, I'd be like, no, like these are, I took a narcissistic test and I always like score poorly. Like I, I score that I'm not a narcissist. Like obviously you want to succeed. I'm very competitive, but I couldn't, I couldn't get in there. Are there other things other than empathy that that separates someone from, you know, just being a selfish dick versus a, a narcissist? Well, yes, there, I mean, they are, so I have like a scale of codependence. So I don't know if you've heard that, but a lot of people think that codependency is being dependent on somebody else for financial or just living situations and stuff like that. And that's not that at all. Codependency, and why I'm saying this is because it's on the same scale as narcissists. So codependents actually are seeking that validation and love outside of themselves. This is where we get involved with the narcissist. So I feel like there's a scale. So it's an empathy scale. So codependents have a lot of empathy and then narcissists don't have any. And there's a lot, there's like a very minimal amount of numbers that actually are diagnosed narcissists because they don't think there's a problem. So if you're taking that narcissist quiz, I don't think you're a narcissist. I can already tell by our conversation, you're not a narcissist, right? So, um, but the thing that a lot of people don't know is they, th they think that narcissists is like egotistical. They think they're all that, but some of them don't. Like some of them can play it off like um, very vulnerable and emotional and stuff like that, but they can still be a narcissist. The thing that people don't understand about narcissism is that they manipulate and they take you through a whole process. I'm not going to get into the whole process here, but they go through the love bombing stage, which is what I was talking about. Like the, you think that they're your soulmate. So this is like a honeymoon phase where it's so great. It's like, this is what you've been waiting for. And then their mask starts to come off. So they start to show you their true colors. But when you're first dating, they're going to ask you all these questions, which makes us feel like you're all into us and like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. But then they're using that information to then manipulate you, throw it back in your face and stuff like this so that they can kind of destroy your self-worth so that you actually stay with them. So it is about lack of empathy because they're only really looking for that one thing for themselves. It's all about them really. And they really don't care how you feel. Got it. And is it, and you said the codependency, is that, is that common that people who have that codependency, if they're on the scale, 
they're attracted to the, the narcissist, right? Yes, because if you think about it, the codependent is seeking that love. So just like we're hiding ourselves from our, our profile on our dating sites, the narcissist, when they, they will test you, like on online especially, and even in person, but they will start to ask you questions. The questions might feel like, ooh, like why are they asking that? But then we'll respond to it. And when they respond, they kind of know that they've got you because they know that they can manipulate you. So, um, so they test you in certain ways so that they know that they will be able to, you know, get things over on you. They'll probably be able to cheat on you. They'll be able to treat you bad, abuse you, and you'll still stay around. So yes, codependence, because we're seeking that validation, we, we, don't, we don't cut things off when we see those red flags because we want that love so bad. So the narcissist will know that you are somebody that they can manipulate. You say we, so you categorize yourself as a codependent? Uh, yes, former, I guess I would say, but I think we, we all have this scale. We're all narcissistic and codependent. That's why sometimes you're like, am I narcissistic? Because it's on the same scale. Yeah. So you can be at any point in that scale. I like to be in the middle. So am I codependent? Yeah. Can I be narcissistic? Yeah, I can do that too. So definitely, but I was codependent in my relationships. That's why I was in so many toxic relationships, right. but until I healed. Yeah. What was, how long ago was your last relationship? You mentioned it briefly that not your marriage, but you were in another relationship after that, you said? Yeah, that, and yeah, that was like, that was a few months. Um, we went, that was August of 2017. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been so, a while. And how long? Yeah, so I, yeah, I've dated a couple, but nothing like long-term. Right. But that one was how long? The... So that one, I mean, that was like three months. That was like my longest. <laughs> So three after your marriage, your longest relationship is three months then? Yeah, for now, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're in the same, okay. So you're in the same boat of people that are, I mean, I feel like, it, and for comedians, it's hard to have a relationship because of our, not only our emotional unavailability, but our, our, our actual physical unavailability because of our hours. For you, it sounds like you, you're balancing a career that takes a lot of time to you know, obviously a growing uh, a company, and uh, and then you have children. Like, is that is that a barrier to finding somebody that you can bond with, that you want to be with? I know you don't need it, but is that is that the only barrier, or do you think there's other stuff in the healing process you're dealing with? Um, to, to be honest with me, uh, just recently, I feel like I've healed the last bit of the part in my marriage that I needed to heal in order to really open up to receiving love now. So I'm open for it now. However, um, the barrier for me is that my kids only go with my ex like once a week. So one night a week I get off and it always changes. So it's like, I don't get a lot of time and they have to be very worth it to me to spend time away from my kids. So, you know, this, the person that, you know, texts me and says, Hey, you want to go out? Like I just met him online. You want to go out tonight? It's like, no, you don't understand my life. Like, nope, <laughs> like that's not going to happen. So they have to be worth it and worthy um, or okay enough to put in the time to get to know me on the phone first, even video chatting. I'm fine with that until I actually venture out into the physical world out there. So, yeah. What about just like, um, are you in a position where you just meet people where you're like, ah, I just need to get away. I just want to have fun. I know this isn't going anywhere. Are you, do you do that in relationships or are you only going out with people that have a potential to lead to something uh, of more value than just like a, a physical relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have a couple of those 
guys that I could do that with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, I haven't done that yet. Would I be okay? Like definitely at some point during this pandemic, I was like, let me go. Like I want to go, <laughs> Like, but I couldn't because I couldn't travel. So I think it's okay to do both. Okay. You know, like I think it's okay for, for me to have fun until I do find the one, like, why am I going to kind of, you know, keep myself like stagnant. Normal. Yeah. And I think you learn lessons too, like doing those types of things. I mean, um, so you learn what you like and what you don't. So then when you do find the one, you're really going to know that that's the one. Right. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I think as long as everyone is in the same page, no one gets hurt. I think it's something that, that is becoming more acceptable. Um, and, and who knows, you know, for me, I'm older now, so I don't care as much, but I think that that's something that, um, I, I always wonder if, is that, is that taking things in the wrong direction or is it kind of just like one of those situations where you talked about before, it's like, this is something you want for right now. You don't need it, but it's also part of, you know, whether you value yourself the next day, so. Well, that's the thing. And in order to value yourself the next day, you have to be very clear on the boundaries of that situation. So, and the person that you're involved with has to be very clear too, because you don't want to hurt anybody. And then you don't also want to feel disrespected because you did something that you didn't want to do, but you did it at whatever. So yeah, yeah I think it's really important that the boundaries, and like you said, both parties are, are aware and they're both into it and they know that it's not going anywhere. And why does everything have to go everywhere? I mean, that's always like a question that uh, about two to three months into a relationship, people are like, you know, where is this going? I'm like, why, why does it, why does it have to go anywhere? Why can't, why can't things just continue just having the fun of a relationship without, you know, the honeymoon, if you will, mm -hmm. and then not have to deal with the reality is that that's not healthy either, I assume. Well, geez, I'd love to be in the honeymoon stage the rest of my life. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Right. But it, I, I assume it's not healthy because I've done that uh, for the last five years. And I always feel like when it ends, uh, it's not a good, something, something always bad ends up happening. Someone ends up getting hurt. Yeah. Well, that again, in the very beginning, you have to be very clear that you, you know, you don't believe in marriage or that you have this seven-year contract rule, right? Yeah. So that, again, you attract the right person to that. Like I, I had a client, a CPA client who, um, you know, just wanted to, to be out there and stuff. And I'm like, could you just get divorced and then go find the women that just want to have sex? I mean, yeah. there are women like that. You got to find those women if that's what you want. So you have to determine like what you want. And whatever you want is fine. It doesn't matter what it is. Like it is fine, but you've got to then find the person that agrees with that so that you don't get into that point. Because again, you could get involved with somebody that says they don't want it, but they truly do want it. Yeah. Because, and then, and then you end up hurting them, even though you have said like, this is what it is. They have, um, they have lied to themselves basically that they would be okay with that because they just want that affection and that love. So it's really important to identify what you want in the relationship and then to find the person that fits that. Yeah. And I think that that kind of changes too in a relationship too. You can start a relationship where you guys are on the same page and then, you know, three months down the line or even like longer, it, it's not the same. You're not on the same page. And that's, that's where it leads to toxicity, right? I mean, yes, I because then people stay for far too long and then they get resentment and anger 
and then they, you know, abuse can happen. Um, yeah. And, and listen, this is the thing, like you're going to hurt people, right? You're going to, you're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt people. But the important thing is, is to, I always say to always put yourself first, because again, if you stay in that relationship too long, cause I did for way too long, too long. So you're going to start to hurt yourselves and you're also going to hurt the other person more when it ends. So be honest with yourself if you're happy or not. Even if you're not and you don't know and you're confused, take a break. And if the other person, it, I always say like, it's the other person's responsibility to heal from it. So you can't, you can't sacrifice yourself at the expense of somebody else's happiness. So, and I know that that sounds selfish, but to be honest, like that's self-love. That's what that is. It's self-worth and self-love. So you're not going to stay in something that doesn't make you happy anymore. And you're doing the other person a favor too, because like you're, you're literally just being with them so that they're happy when you're not happy. So you're kind of lying to them too. So just be aware that you're always going to hurt somebody, but it's their responsibility to heal from it. And, and I believe spiritually that we are here to learn those lessons too. So if what happened with my ex didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am helping thousands of women heal themselves. So everything that you do, and even those breakups in your life, I think have a purpose. And, you know, and if you don't get out of the relationship and you're miserable, like that person that's waiting for you over there, like, what are they doing? So it's like important to think about all of that. Also, when you, when you're not happy in that relationship, don't stay just for the sake of somebody else. Are, is there, you say you're always going to hurt someone. Is there, is there situations where, cause that I always try to avoid hurting everybody. And then you That's end up. That's why you're not a narcissist. Well, but then you also put yourself in a situation where you end up hurting people more. Right. I've been in situations where I, I mean, I can go back to high school where, you know, you just want to have that uncomfortable conversation and you just hope that you never have to have it. It's almost like being a pussy too, in a sense. It's almost like, I don't want to break it. I, I've been known in the past, not so much now, but like the, I call it the forced breakup where you, you just become um, unbearable where they have to break up with you. And, and it's not even being physical uh, or, or saying or doing anything. It's just, you know, closing off where they're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, so, so think about hurting that. Somebody, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're always gonna. So think about that though, right? So if you had done that months prior to it getting that bad that she had to break up with you or he, whatever it is, I had to break up with you, then you would have hurt them a lot less months prior by actually telling them how you feel than waiting so long and probably being an asshole for them to break up with you. I wasn't an asshole, but I'm just you saying. Yeah. No? I mean, yeah, I thought I was, but I was also dumb. Like I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. We're also emotional, you know, em emotional maturity grows over time too. So yes, true. But true, yeah, true. I, I think that, yeah, it's interesting that if people know that you're going to hurt, there's going to be hurt regardless. I think that helps uh, in creating and ending relationships, I suppose. But yeah, give them a chance to find someone that is happy with them. Yeah, but no one like, like that's the one thing. And, and as comedians too, we always want everyone to like us. So it's really hard to have that happen. Have you been in situations where you've gone on a date and, and uh, like you know right away that you can't, you can't do this. Like you wanna get out of the, out of the date. 
what do you do? How do you get out of those situations? Do you just say, hey, I don't see a match, you know, I'm going to leave? Or do you just sit through it? Um, I sit through the date because it's a person across this, the, across the yeah. table from me. So I, I'll sit through the date. But, you know, either by the end of the day or like in, you know, however we're communicating, I'll be like, you know, hey, I think I think we're just a friend's vibe here. So like I've had to tell people um, like one person came back to me and I was like, listen, I, you know, I think you're looking for something that I can't give you. And this is about communication, too. And this is what I teach as well. Like you always got to start it out like, good. like, hey, you're a really good guy. I really like spending time with you. Right. But I don't think that there's a match here. I think that you might be looking for something that I can't give you right now, or I might be looking for something. I even had to tell somebody, there was somebody that I was talking to who, you know, was living with his parents, was spiritual, I was connected with him, but I'm like, I cannot do this. Like I said, I'm really sorry, you're a really nice guy. However, um, I have wasted so much of my years taking care of other people and I want someone that's more established. So I really wished you well and everything, but I think we kind of have to either just be friends or call it quits here. Yeah. So, and it's really kind of coming from that place of love for yourself and knowing that, yes, it might hurt this other person, but they also, I'm also helping them because I'm not, I'm not enabling them or I'm not trying to pretend I'm going to be something that they want me to be when I'm not. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. But it's just how do you how, you still sit through the date even if it's a dinner so that's an hour and a half um <laughs> i mean i don't really go on many dates for, to be honest but like i mean let's see i mean i'm a people person so i can talk so like if it's someone that's like a you know a real asshole or like someone that's like disrespectful i would probably just be like i don't think this is good like i gotta go i would i would totally do that um, depending on the person, but if it's a normal person and we're just like not a match, like, I mean, I will have the conversations with them as long as they're very aware that it's not going anywhere. Sure. Yeah. I think that makes sense. What are you looking, what do you, what have you learned from your past relationships that you know that you, what do you want now? What do you think you, who are you going to end up with next? Good question. Um, no, uh, I got a whole list. I got a whole list. <laughs> no. Um, so I want someone that, to be honest, I want someone that understands my beliefs. I want someone that I can grow with. I want someone that is uh, encouraging and inspiring and cares for other people as well. Um, if he's a father or not, really doesn't matter as long as he's good with kids. Um, yeah, I mean, other stuff like adventurous and like all that other stuff. You want, you want me to go on my whole list? What are the deal breakers for you? Well, I guess other than being having signs of narcissism and uh, all the red flags you talk about. What are, what, are the, uh, what are the other deal breakers that for you, you know, like some choose with their mouth open, I don't know, stuff like even the minor things to the major things, like can they be, can they be bald? Yeah, so um, my major deal breakers are smoking. Okay. Uh, don't want that. And really how they care for other people. Like, so if they are rude or disrespectful or put other people down, like that's a major deal breaker for me. Um, physically, I don't really think that there's major deal breakers there. They can be bald. Um, they can be older than me. They can be younger than me. Um, I'm really not looking for the outside appearance. I mean, obviously I want to be attracted to them and have that chemistry. That's a must. However, um, 
I think I go for all different types. I do have like one main type, I think, but like, I want to get out of that. So <laughs> I'm opening myself up to other types. Um, main type, what do you mean by that? What's, what's your main type? My main type is like the muscular build, um, probably in their thirties. And I'm like, I got to remember my age. Like, I got to remember that, like, I'm not 30 anymore, or 20 anymore. So, so I'm trying to get out of that, but yeah, but I, like I've gone through all types of guys, like through all of my relationships. So I'm looking more of the inside of the person than the outside. Are you, uh, if people looked at the last seven guys you went on a date with, would they all look the same? No. Most I mean, of them would. <laughs> actually, it's so funny because they're not the muscular type at all. Okay. They're more like slender and skinny and tall. <laughs> Because I, I know that I definitely had a type for a long time where a lot of the women I dated looked the same, but now I feel like as I've gotten older, it's like, oh, they're all over the place. So I do think that that's a sign of my maturity. So it's that, but probably not. We'll see. Um, <laughs> okay, well, Danielle, we are we went over time. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I kept you so long, but this is, we're going to have to have you come back. In fact, I, I, I'm going to probably get a lot of people asking me questions and hopefully they'll hit up you. Uh, because I think that you brought, you bring up a lot of things. We didn't even touch on some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. So we'll have to, please come back if you're willing to. Um, of course, I've so, had fun. Assuming you're still single by then, who knows? Maybe you'll <laughs> find this muscular, slender, uh, non-narcissistic guy who uh, takes you off the market. Um, where can people find out more about you, Danielle? Um, so they can either find me on my website, which is DanielleEngineto.com, or they can find me on Facebook as well. I have a Facebook group for ladies, if they're watching, um, turning pain into power. So for empaths and codependents. So if you are resonating with anything that I said there, definitely follow me over there. I have a lot of great stuff. They could also find me on YouTube, Danielle Ingenito. So kind of everywhere. Yes, that's your YouTube page. Um, do you, and you only, uh, coach women then, right? I coach women through the codependency and I do that just because I get a lot of hate from men on that one, <laughs> but I do that because I can understand women more and okay. I only want to help the people that I know that I can truly help. So, yeah. yeah, but I do have other courses that men, cause we haven't even talked about all that stuff, but I do have other courses that yeah, the men bonding. Yeah. We, uh, I took your bonding test too. We didn't even, we didn't get into that. So, okay. <laughs> so we'll have to, we'll have to get that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so bummed, but obviously we had so much to talk about. And, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, please, everyone, go check out uh, Danielle's Facebook page or YouTube page, too. You have a lot of good uh, uh, self-help stuff on there. That's awesome, too. And your website, Danielle Ingenito. Uh, thank you so much again. Thank you all for listening or watching to another episode of Singles Only Podcast. <laughs> By now, you know that I'm a lawyer, right? Everyone does. And uh, I, I don't really practice anymore, although I still have a license. Um, but when I need a lawyer, um, and I do often need a lawyer, um, I contact my friend Scott Shapiro. Um, if you're injured uh, on the job or need compensation, you're entitled to payment for more than you know. A lot of times, Companies will try to settle with you so you don't get a lawyer because they don't want you to know all the monies you're entitled to. Uh, Scott Shapiro has been uh, helping injured workers for over 20 years. 
In addition, his firm handles multiple other cases, including uh, personal injury cases and entertainment law issues. He has handled a lot of uh, my entertainment stuff as well as those of uh, guests on the show and listeners. So you need a lawyer. Sure, you can consult me. But uh, if you want a free consultation from the best, uh, don't take any chances. Contact my friend, Scott Shapiro. His number, 312-648-8800. Or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. There are other Scott Shapiros. Make sure you call the right one, 312-648-8800 or scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you, and he will be very happy.